0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Together for Salem. I think uh, we all just need to take a deep breath. You ready?
1: That's better. That's a little better, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget to breathe sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to Together for Salem. I'm Monica. This is Aaron, my husband. We live in South Salem. That's where this is being recorded, but you could be watching it or listening to it on the podcast anywhere. So we welcome you anytime. It's on demand. It is. We're so glad you decided to check us out. John, our friend and the lead pastor of Cross Creek Community Church, Mm -hmm. is going to give us a message today. The first one in the series... Uh, Let's Be Real, a five-part right. series. Let's Be Real. Let's Be um, Real. It's a good one. You're kind of like at the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. So this is a great, if you're just checking this out for the first time, this is a great time to be doing that and maybe sharing it with somebody who you feel like this could help because we're talking today about growing your faith mm-hmm. and that faith isn't just some mystical, magical thing, but it does take a little bit of effort on our part. And if you're curious about following Jesus or you're curious about God and what is this faith following jesus thing all about this is also a great um episode for you to check out so welcome Mm -hmm. we welcome you and with that welcome we want to say you can fill out the welcome card online at this url and we'll send you a free e-gift card and if you're listening on the podcast it's in the show notes
0: yep look in there that's right so grab your popcorn oh and we'll see you on the flip side
1: yeah
2: kind of been around church for a while, maybe you grew up in a church, uh, you might've heard this phrase, we don't go to church, we are the church. Very true statement. Or maybe you've heard something kind of like, you know, following Jesus is more than just uh, going to a building once a week and listening to a sermon. If you're a Jesus follower, maybe you've heard stuff like that a few times. We've heard it, maybe we've said it, but do we actually believe it like we say we believe it but do we like truly in our bones believe that Uh, during this um, unprecedented time things have been strange Uh, things have been difficult i actually saw a an article an interview with uh, a pastor and i'm not judging in any way they made decisions for their church but this is what they said about uh, what's happened in the six or so months since they shut down their services of not meeting in person He said this, and it was just really interesting. It really got me thinking. He said, uh, there's been family issues, substance abuse issues, suicide concerns. It's affected our fellowship like it has the entire community, talking about the shutdown. It has been devastating since the shutdown started. And we've seen that in our society, right? A lot of different issues kind of coming to the surface because of the shutdown. But what I thought was interesting about this quote is he said, it's affected our fellowship, and that's how some pastors talk about church. They call it a fellowship, if you're not familiar with that. It's affected our fellowship like, just like it has affected the entire community. That was, just, I just couldn't shake that. Because think about it, if, if what we say, if what Jesus followers say we believe is true, that Jesus was God in a body, that he said he would die and rise again for our sins, and that he did, and that when we trust him, he'll give us a new life, an eternal life, where we don't have to fear death, and that if we, if we follow Jesus and, and make him our king, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us, shouldn't that, that group of people be different than the rest of the community? Shouldn't there be a difference? And so really I think if what Jesus followers say is true, is true, there should be proof. There should be a difference. If what we say we believe about Jesus is true, there should be proof. And so I'm seeing this, this interesting thing happen on social media, seeing it really all around the country. I. I the articles I read and the the things I've been seeing, is that you know some Jesus followers during this whole time, and the, especially locally, the fires are not making things any better. Uh, dif- Jesus followers are having a difficult time right now. There's a lot of fear and anxiety. And whether you're a Jesus follower or not, maybe you're feeling this, fear, anxiety, even anger. We're seeing that just kind of come out with each other online, with government, and just all these different things, anger. It's, a lot of Jesus followers' faith seems to kind of be cracking right now. So I see that, but on the other side, there's others. There's other Jesus followers that I'm seeing that are calm and and peaceful. And they're, and they're looking how to help. And in fact, I'm seeing them grow more than I've ever seen people grow before in their faith. Their, their faith is stronger than ever because of this time. And so we're all experiencing kind of the same thing, but having... Two different outcomes. What is that? Our, one's faith gets chipped away maybe, and one gets stronger. It's, it's faith. It's that weird faith word, right? One of those things that you either have or you don't. Just like curly hair. Either you have it or you don't. And those that have it, it just seems like this personal thing that kind of just happened to them. It's so meaningful to them. It's life-giving to them. Maybe you've, you've met somebody like this who has this unshakable faith and you just see them and you're like, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could be zapped and have that kind of faith. Well, you know what? I wanna wanna let you in on a little secret. There is nothing different between them and anyone else. They didn't get this special little zap from God that now they are the most faith-filled people in the world. No, there's nothing different. So how did they get this way? How did they get this like unshakable life-giving faith, this trust, they chose it. They chose it. We've talked about this before, that faith is a choice. It's like this chair I'm sitting in. I don't know if you can see it, but I'm choosing to trust this chair. If you're sitting down right now or maybe you're laying in bed, drinking coffee, you're choosing to trust that that will hold you up. You can look at the, at the chair and say, I I believe that chair exists but you're not trusting it. You can kind of feel it out and and explore the chair, but until you actually sit in it and put your feet up and lay back, you're not actually trusting that chair. It's the same thing with faith. So these people chose faith, but they actually took it a step further. They don't just choose to believe. No, they chose to do the things. They chose to do the work that would grow and strengthen their faith. See, we all have muscles, Some people just choose to actually work at them and get them bigger and stronger. And faith is like a muscle. You can work it. You can make it bigger and stronger. In fact, the apostle Paul talked about it when he wrote to some Jesus followers in the ancient city of Philippi. He wrote this. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, faith in Jesus, this great faith, or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. "'No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it.'" This is the apostle Paul, by the way, wrote most of the New Testament. He says, "'No, I have not achieved it, "'but I focus on this one thing, "'forgetting the past "'and looking forward to what lies ahead. "'I press on to reach the end of the race "'and receive the heavenly prize "'for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us.'" This prize of perfect faith, perfect relationship, perfect trust with God that starts now and lasts for eternity. And then Paul says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. And we like to think that we're spiritually mature because we've memorized the, some certain Bible verses or we've gone to church every Sunday. But that's not maturity. We're going to talk about that in a second. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. And then he said, basically, it's okay to be wrong. He said, if you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. You can disagree with me. It's okay to be wrong, right? He says, if you disagree with me on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. And so I've heard before Jesus followers say, you know what, I've been following Jesus. I believed in God for like 20 years. So I I got this, I'm good. I am a mature Christian. To which I say, well, have you read what the apostle Paul said? He said he hasn't even reached it fully yet. But he's also saying we can grow our faith. See, we can choose to grow and mature our faith. It's a choice. It's something that we can choose to do. And so we're starting this series of Let's Be Real. And we're gonna talk about five different things that we can allow God to use to grow, to mature our faith. And we're gonna talk about a different one each week. Cause I think right now is the time where we need to decide it is time to grow our faith. It's not just gonna to happen to us. We have to actually take the steps to grow our faith. And there's no time like the present to do that. If we do these five things, we will be different. We will be changed. We will become more mature in our faith. We will change how the world affects us, and we'll also change how we affect the world around us. And so these five things, when we talk about these, this is not to guilt people. If you've been a Jesus follower and you haven't been doing these things or you felt like your faith has kind of been rocked a little bit, this is not to guilt in any way. This is to encourage. This is what we can be. This is what we can do right now. This is um, a, a chance to start now. It's not too late. We can start today. And if you're not a Jesus follower and you're watching this, I am so glad because that's we've created this whole Cross Creek Church for you to, for help, to help you discover God, to explore your questions. And so what I want to tell you is that these five things we're going to talk about, they're available to everyone. We can all start doing this. It's a choice. And so I'm not going to ask you to make a choice to believe right now. That's not, that's between you and God, whether you choose to believe. What I'm asking you to do is to explore what it would be like to choose to grow your faith. Because again, it's a choice. I want to give you, I want to let you give yourself the chance to make a clear, fully informed, personal choice when it comes to who Jesus is and whether you can trust him or not. Because maybe what you've been told what you've experienced from people who say they follow Jesus, that might not actually be God. And so I want to give you a chance to explore that for yourself so that you can make a full, mature decision. And so, this first idea of how to grow our faith, this first step, this first practice, it's simple. It's super simple, but it's not easy. And anything worth doing, as, as you know, as a, a mature person, is that anything that's worth doing isn't easy. It always takes work. Think about uh, quality relationships. They don't just happen. You work at them, you practice at them. At sports, music, any talent, you work at it. But the things we're gonna share are simple. They're things that we can do today. You can do right now. You can f- watch this, stop it, and start doing it the moment we are done. These are things you can do today that will strengthen and grow your faith, and they're completely up to us. This is why it's it's simple, but it's 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 uh, not easy. See, they're completely up to us. Either we do them or we don't. There's really no wiggle room. We choose to work on these or we don't. And the truth is this, the faith we possess is the direct result of the actions we choose to take. It doesn't just happen to us. The faith we possess is the direct result of the actions we choose to take. You want to have stronger faith. You want to have faith in the face of of pandemics and of natural disasters. It's the result of the choices you choose to take today, of the actions you choose to take today. And so what we're going to talk about right now is three actions, three choices that are the hallmark of a vibrant, reliable, personal, mature faith that we can call our own. And here's the three things. It's simple, but it's not easy. Praying on our own. Reading scripture on our own. And giving away what we own. Don't change the channel. I know that does not sound earth-shattering because it's not until you actually do it. And maybe, you know, I, I understand this uncomfortability of like, these are the things you need to do. I felt that too. As we talk through this, watch this, choose to like dig into this. Why is there that tension? Why are you trying to, kind of feeling that, ah, I feel uncomfortable with this. Where, where is that coming from? So these three choices of praying, reading scripture, and giving away what we own, when they're made consistently, they tune our hearts to God's. They show us who God really is. They show us that we can trust him and they actually build our faith. But it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. See, developing a personal mature faith is a process. You don't get zapped with it. It's something you have to work at. You have to practice. So that first one that we're going to talk about is this praying on our own. And here's what we see when we, when we look at praying on our own is that faith matures through dialogue. Faith matures through dialogue and faith is really a fancy religious word for trust. When you think of faith in God, it's really trusting God. It's really building this relationship of knowing who God is so that we can trust Him. And when you think about how we've learned to trust in our other relationships, how we learned to trust, and I know not everybody had great parents, but maybe you did and you learned to trust your parents. How did you learn to trust your parents or your spouse or your closest friends? How did you learn to trust them? Communicated your needs, right? That little baby... Didn't know what they were doing, but they were crying and asking for their parents to fulfill their needs. They were communicating their needs, and they learned that their parents would come through for them. You have friends you say, you know what, I, I just really need you to, to help me out with this. And they actually come. You know you can trust them. You, you listen to what, they listen to what you're saying. You're able to share your thoughts and feelings with them, and you learn that you can trust them with that. It's the same with God. That's why prayer is so important for growing our faith. Because prayer is not to get like that magic genie in the sky to give us what we want. That's not the point of prayer. The point of prayer is it's an opportunity to share our thoughts, to share our feelings with the God of the universe, to actually communicate with him, to have a dialogue with him. Because we, we share what we're feeling and what we're going through and even what we want and then we have the ability to listen. We have the ability to, to let God change our view of the circumstances around us. And again, here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul said in, when he wrote to the Philippians. He said, don't worry about anything. Think about that right now. Don't worry, you know how much is going on? My, my uh, middle son, five years old, last night couldn't go to sleep at 10.30. I said, what's going on, buddy? He's like, there's just so much going, five years old. There's just so much going on right now. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, coronavirus and the fires and (laughs) our dog Willow. Willow killed a gopher just now. And she had like this gopher in her mouth and it was nasty and we had to clean it up. But these things were just bothering him and he was worried and so we talked about that. But Paul says, don't worry about anything. That's nice, well, what do we do instead? instead pray about everything and so benji and i prayed and things he fell right asleep it was great but he says tell god what you need and thank him for all he was done all he has done then you will experience god's peace he won't give you everything you want but when you tell him what you what you need what you feel like you need and you're able to communicate with him then you will experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So as we tell him what we're feeling and needing, and as we thank him for everything he has done, prayer is a way that God changes our view, really. See, the size of our problems shrink as our view of God grows. When we see that there is a God who hears us, who listens to us, who cares about us, and can do things to change the world, He's created the world, the size of our problems shrink. or like, God, you're so much bigger than anything I'm going through. We learn to trust Him. See, prayer allows us to acknowledge that there is a God who loves us, who listens to us, who cares about us. Prayer allows us to grow our faith by trusting Him with what we need. And so the second thing, the second action that we talked about is reading Scripture on our own, reading the biblical writings. And here's why, because faith grows with understanding. Trust grows when we understand the other person. Again, think about parents or or your spouse or your friends. When you actually get to know them and you understand why they make the choices they make, it's easier to trust them. When you understand their heart and that they they only want what's best for you and they do something that you think is, that you disagree with, but you know they want what's best for you, you're able to trust that because you understand them. Best way to understand God? Discover his heart. How? Through the biblical writings. See, the biblical writings reveal who God really is. The Bible, biblical writings, not a list of rules. A lot of people think it's just like a list of rules that God says, do this and you can go to heaven. Not at all. It's not, as a lot of people like to say, God's instruction manual for life. No, (laughs) that's boring, first of all. But no, see, this biblical writings, not a list of rules, not life instruction book, these biblical writings span from when they first started, when they were first written to when they were done being written, span 1500 years. And they were written by over 40 authors, but we believe they were inspired by God because they have a consistent message. These things are written by 40 people, three different continents, different languages, over 1500 years have a consistent message. These writings have a consistent theme, and you know what they are? They're revealing the heart of God. They're showing that there is a God who created everything, who loves us, who cares for us, whom we can trust. See, you read these writings, and you see how he came through for others when things seemed impossible to work out for good, and he, he made things work out. We read these biblical writings, other people's experiences and and how God worked with them. And we understand why things are the way they are right now. We understand like what he did for us, what he did to bring us into a perfect, freeing, empowering relationship with him. We learn who he is and that we can actually trust him. And this third one might seem a little weird, but I think it's the most practical thing we can do. And that's giving away what we own. Why? Because faith matures through experience. Maybe you've, maybe you did this, maybe you did this with your kids. Maybe you've seen this on TV or something, but you know, when, um, the parent is in the pool and they're trying to get the kid to jump to them because the kid needs to learn how to get in the water and be safe and, and enjoy the water and swimming is so much fun. And they say, jump. And the kid's got a little floaties on or his life jacket and he's just scared and you can't convince them to jump. You're like, trust me, jump, I'm not gonna drop you. Well, once they finally take that jump of trusting the adult, what happens after that usually? The adult catches them and then they wanna do it again, and then they wanna do it again, and then they wanna do it again, and again, and again, and again, because they realize they can trust that adult. It is the same thing. See, the best practice to experience that God can be trusted to learn how to trust God is by making the jump of inviting him to be involved in our finances. Basically, it's choosing a percentage of our income to consistently give away. We are inviting him to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to trust you with my finances so much so that I'm going to give some of it away. It actually creates an opportunity to see God work on a daily, personal tangible level. This is actually something you can literally measure by the numbers. Say, God, I am giving away this much to to bless, to help other people. And so now you got to come through for me. You don't believe me that this grows your faith? Think, you know, oh, that pastor's asking for money. I'm not. I want to help people grow their faith. So maybe I need to bring in the big guns. Here's what Jesus said. Give and you will receive. <laughs> Pretty straight up, right? Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Is it always the exact dollar amount? No. Are you ever left needing when you give? See, it's a step of faith to give money. Why? Because you might need it later, is what we think. Well, if I give it away now, then I'm not saving it for, for that rainy day when I, when I might need it. You know what I've discovered? You really never need it later. God keeps his promises. Jesus said, give and you will be, and you will receive. God keeps his promises. An example is uh, with, with this Cross Creek Church that we've started. We've been around for three years now. And there's been times uh, where money's been tight. And we start, you know what I mean? Just think of like, it's not a business, it's a ministry, but you start any business and money's tight when you start, right? Well, we decided at the very beginning, before we even received any money, that 10% of what we give is going to go to help the community, to help others, to help other ministries, that type of thing. And there's been months where it's time to give our 10% and we say, you know what? If we give this right now, what's in the bank, we don't have enough to make payroll. Like people aren't going to get paid if we give this that we've promised to give. And then we give it anyway. And do you know what happens? We've never missed payroll once. Why? Because God has used people like you to keep his promises, to give, to show that he can be trusted. See, this might sound weird, but the people I've met who have the most mature faith are also some of the most generous people. See, they've learned firsthand that you can trust God. How? By like tangibly saying, here's what I have, God, go do something with it, and now I need you to take care of me. And he does, and he comes through time and time again. They've learned that trusting God is so much better than trusting money. So here's the thing, faith. See, faith basically is just trusting that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. That's faith. Trusting that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. And it's through these personal choices that we learn who God says he is and what he says he will do. And then we are able to see him come through in tangible, daily ways. So three things, these are three things that you right now, can do to grow and mature your faith. Pray on your own. Read scripture on your own and give away what you own. They're simple. Either you do them or you're not, or you don't. But they're also difficult because there's nowhere to hide. Right? Somebody can ask you, have you done these three things? And you either say yes or no. There's not like will room. There's no like, yeah, well, yeah, not really, but because, no. Either, have you done it or not? It's up to you. And Jesus followers sometimes say, and we'll probably talk about this in in later episodes. They often say, you know, maybe you've heard this, or maybe you said this. I hope not, but you know, I'm just not being fed by this church or by this this pastor. And I think many right now across the country are seeing that simply attending a service once a week didn't really build the faith their faith like they thought that it did. But think about it. Why is Christianity exploding right now in China? where it's not legal to have any kind of church you want. You have to have the government church. Why is Christianity exploding right now in the Middle East, in Iran, where it's illegal to convert from Islam to Christianity? Why did Christianity explode in Rome, when Rome, in the Roman Empire, when Rome outlawed it? When you weren't allowed to go to a church service? Because these people discovered, or, are, or have discovered, these personal practices that grow faith. That following Jesus is more than just attending something once a week. It's a personal, everyday, daily thing. And here's the deal. Mature, healthy adults don't expect to be fed by other people. If you're a mature adult, you don't like go to a restaurant and say, Waiter, feed me. That would not be a mature, healthy adult, would it? See, as we mature, we learn to feed ourselves. We learn to prepare our own meals. We learn to take responsibility for our own eating habits. And then it gets even better. Because as we mature, we learn how to feed others. You bring bring kids into that scenario and you learn how to feed them and how to take care of their needs also. It's the same with faith. We learn how to feed ourselves and then we can learn how to feed others also. And it starts with the choices we make. See, remember the faith we possess is the direct result of the actions we choose to take. What actions are we choosing to take to grow our faith? And so here's a, here's a one week plan I want to give you, and I'm going to move fast. Here's a one week plan I want to give you. First for one week, seven days, pray every morning. Not to change events, not to get Genie Jesus to give you what you want, but to share your thoughts, to share your feelings, and to listen to God. Turn off your phone for five minutes. Don't let it distract you, because it will if you're trying to pray. There's no need to be formal. There's no no need to, re, to pray out loud. In fact, Jesus had a few things to say about people who like to pray really loudly. And just maybe say this, a sample prayer, if, if this helps. Thank you, God, for what you have given me. I am concerned about blank today. I'm concerned about the fires today. I'm concerned about coronavirus today. Please show me who you are. Please show me how to love better today. That's it. It's simple. It's talking to God and then wait and maybe listen. And that listening part, that's the scary part because he might tell us something we don't like. He might tell us to do something we're uncomfortable with doing. And so that's why stay tuned for next week when we're kind of going to talk about how obedience creates trust. But we'll move on to that next week. So, pray every morning. Step two, read every day. I rec- read, your, read a scripture every day. Read the scriptures every day. I recommend finding an easy-to-read translation. I know there's a lot of Bible translations out there. The three I would recommend, I'm not saying these are the right ones because they're all great. The ones I would recommend is the New Living Translation, NLT, the New International Version, the NIV, or the New American Standard Bible. I know they get long, the NASB. So find one of those translations and then read every day. If you wanna read a gospel, an eyewitness account of Jesus, read three chapters of John a day and you'll be done. Or Mark is about two chapters a day. And don't read it like a textbook and don't really worry too much about the, uh, the numbers. Read it like a story. Most biblical translations are broken up into different segments of stories and you can read the little title there and read that. Read it like a story just to understand who God is, what this is saying about God if you need a Bible if you want like a physical Bible write us right here and we will send you one free of charge we'll send you a free Bible can you imagine a church giving away free Bibles it's what we're about and then you can look you can look below in the show notes for other apps you could get or the audio Bible experience which is awesome um, Bible gateway has a lot of stuff there if you want to dig deeper blue letter Bible do all that but here's the thing whether you're a Jesus follower or not read the scriptures If you say you don't believe because da-da-da-da-da, well, read it first. Read it and see why you don't believe. You don't have to believe it to read it. Third, give at the end of the week. The idea of giving a percentage, is great to do that at the beginning, but for now, if this is a new concept for you, pray every day, read every day, and then give away something of yours at the end of the week, choose to trust that Jesus knew he, what he was talking about, about giving. Discover what it really means to rely on him for your tangible needs. He'll take care of those. Well, yeah, but what ifs? He'll take care of the what ifs. Choose an organization that you that's close to your heart, that he puts on your heart this week. Uh, some we'll have, again, in the show notes, uh, every child that works with foster kids and families. Marion Polk food share that feeds people who need food. Uh, Cross Creek just gave to a church called Trinity Baptist Church. They're in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and they're where that uh, Hurricane Laura hit hard. They are a great church that's doing good things for the community, so we decided to give to them. There's a link to them there. Or give right now to people affected by the wildfires that are going on around us. Right now, as, as we're filming this, the sky is dark with smoke. People are going to need resources. And if God puts it on your heart, you can give to Cross Creek if you believe in what we're doing. But I would say, consider as you go on, you see, hey, God takes care of me. Consider picking a percentage that you give away every month. Like, well, should it be 10%? If you're not a church person, you don't really get why it's 10%. But you know what? If you've never given before, 1% is a percentage. Pick that and then maybe have a goal of upping it more and more as you go on. And do these things, Might they might seem hard to do alone. We're going to talk about this too, but get a friend to go in with you on this to check on your progress. You guys can be like, hey, did you read this? Let's read this together. How's, how's prayer going? What are, what are you giving to? Could I, could I match that or something? Maybe join a connect group for support and accountability. And if you do that now, you'll be way ahead of one of the uh, steps that we're gonna talk about later on in this series. But here's the deal. A strong, reliable, mature faith, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen by listening to somebody talk about Jesus. Faith is grown and matured by our daily choices and actions. It's a responsibility that we have. If We wanna grow our faith. We need to do it ourselves, not just sit back and say, feed me. Our faith isn't dependent on someone else doing the work for us. If you're a musician, you know how you got that skill. You worked at it yourself. Somebody couldn't just make it, you do it. Same with athletes or professionals or even your relationship. You couldn't just, you know, let somebody else make your relationship strong. You have to do the work yourself also. So make that choice a day at a time that your faith a year from now will be stronger, will be more mature than it is today because we're all growing. It's a process and that no matter what the next 12 months throw at us, we've already had some crazy months. Who knows what's coming next? No matter what those months throw at us, we will know that we will be more like Jesus. We will be more confident and our relationships will be better for it. Because a mature faith nourishes your life and the lives of those around you. So let's do the work and let's grow our faith and let's trust who God is and that he will do what he says he will do.
1: Welcome back. Thanks, John, for that uh, quick message on growing our faith. Oh, is that growing? That's great. That was beautiful. I was like, I'm gonna cool. need some music to go along with that or something. That was like, what do they call it? Um, if you're not listening on the podcast, Aaron's doing this very beautiful gesture. Interpretive. <laughs> interpretive growth, dance. Interpretive That's dance.
0: What I was of. That's really my strong suit. If I had to pick, I'm sorry. No,
1: it's can. fine. I mean, you could go with it. You had to pick what? Or you? No,
0: if it? I had to pick one of my one of my oh. strongest assets, it would be my.
1: Your interpretive dancing. Interpretive dance ability. Okay, great. See, we've been married, I don't know, 17 years. You probably didn't know that. I didn't. <laughs> I'm always learning new things about you. Um, but John said, <laughs> a mature faith nourishes our lives and nourishes the lives of us, of those around us. And I think Erin and I, in our 17 years, have noticed that when we spend time... Just reading the Bible and praying, even if it's just individually, Mm. um, and then giving, like John talked about, our faith has grown in the last 17 years of marriage together. Yeah. So maybe someday we'll tell you guys the story of our... It's kind of a long story. We could make a choice. We don't have time. Not right now. We don't have time. But anyway.
0: We have a giveaway this week. Oh, yes. yes. To Bow and Vine Burgers, and they're so good. We should probably, actually, we should go back down there. We That's should. That's the problem with this giveaway is I always get hungry and then I want to go to the place. You know, it okay. doesn't
1: help we're filming it like at dinner time.
0: <sighs> Bowen Vine Burgers, awesome specialty burger place, downtown Salem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Rochelle Tea, you are <gasps> going to go and get yourself some food down there, Rochelle, some grub. Congrats. I feel bad calling it grub because it's like a classy, mm. awesome burger joint. It's great. Um, and also, this week, if you're wondering how you can give away what you have, uh, They're going to be in the show notes are going to be a lot of links to a lot of different places that you can give to mm-hmm. and um, So that would be something important to keep in mind as well.
1: This is a really good time to mm-hmm. be giving away things Yep, um, I know that fire stations are looking for um, materials and supplies The mm-hmm. um, evacuation zones we'll have links to all those places in the show notes and we'll keep those on our social media So that's right. You're following essentials and socials, socials socials, so- meets, socials meets. Keep it up. Um, but yeah, there's gonna be a ton of information in the show notes for you. You can check that out.
0: Also, we're gonna be giving away a gift certificate to my favorite bookstore in Salem. Oh, I'm mean, gonna hate to pick a favorite, but yeah. Book Bend is really awesome. And so food for your mind. Yeah. I know our kids need more books, uh, but they're probably not entered to Win. But you can Enter to Win books to read.
1: So the other giveaway we have, which John mentioned in the episode, yeah. is a Bible, speaking of right. books. So if you want a free Bible, we'll send you one. Just let us know you want one and we'll, um, we'll, you know what we're going to do. Don't tell. But we're going to just like probably. Oh, no one's going to know. We're, gonna, we're probably going to like so Amazon bad. that thing to people. So just oh. let us know you want one. We'll get it to you hmm. through the through the fancy mail. Okay. That's going a call from now on. Fancy mail. Fancy mail? Yeah. We're going to get you a book, uh, a Bible. And yep. there's also a Bible reading resource that's free for anybody. I mean, you don't have to ask us for a Bible. You already have a Bible. And you're like, I just want to, I want to start this routine that John talked about yep. in the message. That's going to be a PDF also linked in the show notes. The show notes are going to be lit this week. Yeah, you better check it out. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for watching Together for Salem. We are um, for you because yep. God is for you. We That's are right. also praying for Oregon right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know you are too. If you have specific prayer requests or needs, please let us know. We are just basically waiting for you to tell us and we will help you. So we'll have links and resources and there's going to be an email address here. Let us know what you need. We'll pray. That's it. And we'll see you next week for part two of Let's Be Real.
0: could means of smoke but it's
1: gonna clear off. My question because. to you is how much time have you spent um, looking at the air quality and watching fire maps? Do
0: you mean like in the last hour? <laughs>